0: Welcome to the Choose You Now podcast. I'm excited to welcome back two of my favorite people, Kathy Freston and Lisa Oz. Now, if you're listening to this on launch day, you know we're premiering this episode around Thanksgiving. And I thought a girlfriend's guide to gratitude was in order because no matter when you're listening to this, a little gratitude goes a long way. Let me bring in my special guests. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm going to bring up some topics that everyone can relate to. And that also happens to start with an F. We're going to talk about feels, festivities, foods, forgiveness, and friends. The first one is feels. Let's talk about our senses. So the first question is, and whoever wants to throw this out first, what is your favorite thing to see? Hmm. Kathy, you want to jump in there?
1: Okay. Um, My favorite thing to see visually or or to experience, I I would say um, my favorite... Thing to see is the light bulb come on in someone's eyes. Like if we're having a conversation and they're having an epiphany, you you can literally see it on in someone's face. Like it's something that you can say, "Okay, I get that," or you know, "That makes sense," or whatever. But when you actually see it in someone's face, I just feel really um, excited and inspired by that because it's like, ah, growth just happened. Love that. Well. that's a really good answer, Kathy. Mine is so much more
2: mundane. Um, it's you know, well, first of all, my husband, and then um, all the other people that I, anyone I love deeply, I'm so happy to see, always. Um, but also, I have this like obsessive desire to observe nature. I tr- like right now, this time of year, the trees all changing, um, and th- the juxtaposition of the trees against this against the sky um the colors i I, it just almost feels overwhelming and i always imagine that my chakras are being fed different energies by different colors um so i you know nature so loved ones i would say first and nature's and then kathy i'm going to start looking for the light bulb because (laughs) that's exciting (laughs) so
1: interested what we're all inspired by you know
0: Those are both so beautiful. And you think about nature and you're being tied into your circadian rhythm and the connection that we have and the seasonal pull and all those changes can really dramatically tie into our bodies at the most fundamental cellular level. My answer is a little bit more, um, a little different too. One of my favorite things to see, and it's rare, which is why it's super precious, are my teenage children smiling. (laughs) (laughs) It's rough having teenagers, but when they smile, it's like the world is good. You know, you know, Lisa. 100%.
1: I don't know from that. Not that I don't have smiling teenagers. I just don't have, I don't have kids. But I would imagine there's a piece in that when you know your kids are okay, you know your kids are happy. It's like, my job is good. My job is
0: done, you know? Yes, exactly. All right. What about your favorite sound to hear? Hmm. Oh, I can tell you.
1: Um, I love the sound of my dog eating. I love the sound of her like eating a chip that I give her or something. It just makes me, I don't know what it is. It's like that thing, what they do on the internet, you know, they they do the sound and it's like so comforting and it makes you so happy. So when she's eating a chip or something that's crunchy, I, I'm just like, it's pure joy for me.
0: That's adorable. <laughs>
1: So, my favorite sound again is my
2: fa- loved one's voices. So, my husband's voice, just listening to him talk, but also music. There's certain music that just will transport me. Um, I, I Especially sad, classical sad music like um, Barber's Adagio and Strings or Albanani's oh Adagio yes. and G minor. They just make me weep. But then also EDM, I find like, like, I I don't even know why people bother doing drugs. They're so ADM can be so elevating and make you just euphoric, just for me anyway, the sound of
1: it. Is that um, what I was saying on the internet? Is like the sound of someone like shaving their face or something? Is that what it is? No, 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 sorry. no, 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 no. EDM is electronic dance
2: music. Oh, <laughs> like,
1: look how hip in- I am. <laughs> I know.
2: So, you know, like I don't know, there are a bunch of like different Musicians oh. um, that I, I if I was born, I got, joke with my daughter that I was born in completely wrong decade because my kids all want to listen to eighties music, and I just want to go to Burning Man and listen to like That's so you know funny. festival music. So. Mm.
0: That's so funny. Those are two like antithetical types of music from the the, um, classical to the EDM. That's very interesting and diverse, eclectic. I think they're
1: both emotive though, right? I mean, they they evoke an emotion. So I think that's what they have Mm -hmm. in common. Yeah. That adagio for strings is so funny. You mentioned that because that is the piece of music that just will will take me to like the deepest place. If I want to really feel something, that exact uh, piece is is just it, transportive. It really is.
0: Music is extraordinary, like that. Just yeah, all the kind of music that you love or whatever that just brings out feeling. It's oh, it's so amazing how palpable it can be just to listen, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. My favorite sound that always brings me peace is uh, ocean waves. Just listening mm-hmm. to the ocean—it's mm-hmm. like the one thing that's very soothing and repetitive and reliable and persistent. Mm-hmm. And again, another connection to nature, so that always brings me peace.
1: I don't know. I I'm in California, so I figured if I'm out in Malibu and I hear the ocean waves, I'm like, ah, oh, climate change—it's <laughs> just like <laughs> disappearance of the of the. Uh, of the beaches. But yeah, I I guess if you're in a nice beach that doesn't have that kind of erosion, it's probably, you know, it's funny what, what different sounds bring up in different people, you know?
0: Yeah. So true. Okay. What about another sense? What about what smell makes you happy or brings you back to another time in your life?
2: I love the smell of babies' heads. (laughs) So little tiny baby, their heads just smell I don't know what it is. So good. And puppy's breath. Kathy, you probably are mm. into puppy breath too. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's different. As soon as they get to be like a big dog, their breath smells mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah.
1: But little puppy's breath is so good.
2: And yeah, what happened along the way? Hmm?
1: I know. I, it's a pity. What happened along the way? I don't know. Everything gets
0: old and yucky, but mm-hmm. <laughs> including puppies. Um, Milk's when they're born. Baby puppy's breath smells like milk to me
2: yeah but in a good way yeah yeah um horses I love the smell of horses like even just walking into a barn makes me really happy Mm -hmm. and um white flowers like orange blossoms and lilies of the valley and gardenias Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and then yellow honey so
1: I love flowers I could just keep going um Yeah. yeah that's so nice I, I, I love the smell of um, food. Like the beginning, it's like, you know, when you just think you can literally saute up some onions, garlic and, uh, and carrots. And it, you just, it smells like you're the best chef in the world, but it's like just those basic things smell so incredible. And then when you start putting the food in, I, I'm very much a foodie. I love, love, love the smell of Food cooking or um, muffins baking in the oven. I don't want to give the impression that I'm actually good in the kitchen, which Juliana knows is definitely not the case. But oh. I do love that smell. Like if I came to your house and you were cooking, I would be in heaven. In heaven.
0: You have commented when you've come into my house, you notice the smell. That's you have to come again. It's been too long. I would say the same thing. Food for sure, but specifically chocolate chip cookies in the oven like brings me back mm. to my childhood every time. God, it makes me hungry. Just- do you like to bake, Juliana? Not really, but I do. <laughs> I do love. I do love to bake chocolate chip cookies, and I've been really into these chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. Oh, Juliana,
1: you brought me those muffins. They are to die for. Oh my God, so good! Can you just let me know when you're making them again? Because I want to come over and
0: just yeah. Actually, and I have to. I have yes. I have. I owe you your dresses, so I have to bring you that and muffins. Yep, it's a date. Ooh.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: All right. So the other sense, speaking of deliciousness, what are your favorite foods to taste? Mm. That's a hard one. Uh, well, I can tell you
1: what's cracked to me. There's this in the farmer's market, they sell this uh, nut butter and I think it's called uh spoon junkie. And now I understand why it's like, you don't want to put it on toast. You don't want to put it on anything. Just, just dip your spoon in. And it's got the most amazing combination of um sweet because there's a little bit of maple syrup there's some salt and then there's all these different kinds of nuts and and it, it, it is like cracked me and it's the perfect smooth it's like smooth nut butter broken up by all this crunchy stuff i i i got into it like six months ago i swear to god i put on seven pounds because i could not <laughs> stop eating it it tasted so
0: so good Yum. That does sound really good. Mm-hmm. I gotta try that. Mm-hmm. It really sounds yeah. delicious. Um,
2: well, well, this is like I feel like it's a sacrilege even to bring it up on the show because we're also healthy and vegan. <laughs> Which, um, uh, okay, so I no judgment.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm um, not vegan.
2: I'm vegetarian. But uh, Juliana, you're vegan, right?
0: Yeah, I don't, and I don't yeah. like the labels. I'm just, I eat plants, you know. Like you just, I don't know. I don't ever want to judge anyone for what they eat, ever, never, not ever. People that well, sit down but- with me at any meal, they always like want to forgive them, me to forgive them for what they're eating, and I just never <laughs> want to judge or be judged. And yeah, absolutely. Oh well, no,
2: this is the opposite of healthy. Um, but I grew up in Philly, and the, Philly's known for two things: cheesesteaks and hoagies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't eat animals, but I do eat cheese, and. A philly um cheese hoagie is stupidly delicious and i don't eat them often but it's just like every it's it's a unique taste and nowhere else can duplicate it like if you get a sub or a hero in other places just nothing like i don't know what the magic ingredient is but they it's it's sublime there's in a really 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 like everyday kind
1: of way Oh, really? Oh my God. There's some great place in Philly. There's a woman who started this, um, this chain of of restaurants that they make philly philly cheesesteaks and i've been like dying to try it so are they vegan philly cheesesteaks vegan yeah <sighs> yeah Ooh. and they're she, i mean it's just like I, I follow her and it's just it sounds amazing amazing
2: when you find out you let me
1: know okay yes.
2: <laughs> yes. i used to we love
0: cheesesteaks we need to fly out there and visit you and, and yes find you restaurant. <laughs>
1: so this is what it is hip city veg that's, oh, yeah, It's okay. called hip city veg and it is like they make these incredible burgers but they make these um cheesesteaks too and i think they're all over there's like 20 of them yum wow
0: yeah okay final feels question and i'm going to start it off because this is so fun for me what is your favorite thing to touch and my answer i bet might match kathy's is any animal particularly a fluffy animal oh well
2: that my answer is kind of the same as yours because it was the answer is my husband, and he's very hairy, so he's <laughs> kind of a fluffy animal.
1: <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, well, I would say, you know, not not uh, Juliana. I, I'm with you. I love to touch an animal, but I would say skin. To me, it's like the best feeling. Skin, skin on skin. It's just the best. So I love to, you know, hold hands or like, uh, you know, shoulder to shoulder or snuggle or I just, I just love the feeling of skin.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That's pretty Sexy and romantic. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. All right. So let's switch gears to our next F and we're going to talk about festivities since we are talking right at the cusp of my favorite holiday Thanksgiving. Um, and that, well, let's start with that. What is, what are your favorite holidays? And why
2: hmm. Lisa? Um, well, my favorite holiday is in some ways my least favorite holiday, <laughs> it's both. Um, it's Christmas um, and I love it. And there's a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in it for me because our family's always together, our extended families get always together. So now it's like 35 people. And um, I love us all being in, you know, celebrating together. It makes me sad though. Every year I cry. I read T.S. Eliot's poem um, about the Magi and, and there's a line I can't remember it exactly, but um, it says something like there was a, we came for birth and there was birth indeed, but there was also death and I, and, and, and it was our own death. And I just feel sad because I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not, no one else, just myself. I feel like I'm not really, celebrating christmas in the way that it the, with its depth and significance i think on a mm. spiritual level and i get too caught up in uh, all the other festivities so mm. that makes me sad and
1: mm-hmm. that
2: but but the celebratory aspect of it mm-hmm. with family makes me happy so it's both my favorite and my least favorite
1: mm-hmm. makes sense I mean, I love Christmas and Thanksgiving too. I, I just, you know, and I'll, I won't harp on the sad, but I, I, I've, I've always been sort of like the only vegan in the room. <laughs> and so I, I do, um, I, I look at the, 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 the turkey on the table and I, do, I just see an animal. So it, it always, you know, I, and I've just, you know, obviously in my house, there's no, turkey but i usually go to someone else's house and so it's it's always like i i have that moment it's like I, I don't want to focus on this i want to focus on the abundance and the you know the people and the connection and all that stuff but i i do i do struggle with that and sometimes it gets the best of me so i i think i just like a simpler holiday like halloween because in halloween in in where I live in California, my street is the place. Like it is, the neighbors go all out. And, you know, everybody dresses up their house and there's lights. And they, I mean, these kids come in from everywhere. And I've told people who came over for the, for the evening, I'm like, you have no idea, get ready. And they're like, yeah, whatever, literally lines of kids. And they are so cute. I mean, they're just dressed like the cutest little thing. And they're, for the most part, they're so polite and excited. And, you know, they're just, it's so cute to watch. So I just, I just love that. And I know candy's not good for you, but hey, it's one day (laughs) a year. So
0: I have such a Scrooge on Halloween. Like I always get interviewed for, you know, when media around like, oh, what does the dietitian do for Halloween? And I'm always so grumpy about it. I like hide away from, now that my kids are older, I could hide away, but that's funny.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you don't like it. So you don't like people coming to your house?
0: Well, no, I mean, no, I just don't like the whole, like, I don't want to give people candy. I don't, you know, and I don't want to give them like the like the jokes I always say is I'm going to give you, you know, something know. healthy and then everyone laughs and no one wants to come. I don't know. I just find it like. Yeah. You know, I'm always trying to get my kids to eat healthier. And so it's, I don't know, it's always been kind of rough as a mom. And and I don't yeah. really, yeah, I don't know. That's very negative. But wait, I wanted to say this too. I've been doing, I committed to a client that I was going to do this daily meditations, these little short meditations every morning. And it, cause I've wanted to do this forever. And I've just, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I started doing them every day. And there was one this morning that's so apropos for what we're talking about. And I love this quote. It was a quote from, I don't know who this person is is Jay Cole. But the quote is that the bad news is nothing lasts forever. The good news is that nothing lasts forever. Mm. So with respect to like the having those two sentiments on all of these holidays, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Very. Uh, yeah. I mean it's like a Buddhist thing, the middle road, you know, they don't get too. someone who's a practicing Buddhist doesn't get too excited about good things when they happen. And it's like, oh my God, aren't you excited? And, and that, but then at the, at the same time, they don't let the, the bad stuff overwhelm them. They take the, what's called the middle road. And I, I think there's some wisdom in that for sure.
0: Yes. Which is a good segue into our next section on forgiveness. So, why do you think forgiveness is so hard sometimes?
1: Because you're freaking mad, <laughs> <laughs> freaking mad, and someone did you wrong. I mean, I, I think it's hard. To, first of all, I'm an Irish girl, and we hold grudges. Not not to say anything wrong with Irish people, because I, lo- I love my people. But um, it is it it is just hard to let something go when the other person, um, still doesn't see how something was like so hurtful and wrongheaded. And that you, for me, it's like, I I take a lot of care and concern trying to be conscious about things. And so when someone, um, it's not that way. It just kind of, I don't know. There's a few things I always get to forgiveness, but it takes me a while and it takes me a while because I have to abandon the hope that the other person is ever going to understand, you know? And so that it, it just takes me a while because it's like, okay, I'm on, I'm in my own process and, um, I do get there, but it's, it's hard when the other person doesn't get
0: it. I'm glad to hear you say that because, you know, I feel like you're, you I always look up to you and all the ways you handle things and the way you are in relationship with other people. And I always, I'm really struggle with forgiveness. So hearing you say that it's rough for you too, makes me feel better about myself.
1: And it's a process of also like, psychologically is like trying to understand where that person came from. And, you know, and what in me could have been like that. And so what in me can can have compassion for that? That's all good. These are my intentions. I'm not saying I would get there easily or right away. But I, you know, it's, and And also, there's stuff out there like personality disorders that are profound. and you know people who really do want to cause harm and and don't have you know that place in them that's that's you know uh, simply doing the best that they can. So you know, it's just learning more and more about the human race and what we have the capacity for, and then just pushing hard to to get to that more evolved place. It ain't easy.
0: No.
2: Well, I think also that um, it's hard for us to forgive because there's power in the hurt and it creates a a way of interacting where we feel justified in our position. We almost have a a moral superiority if we've been hurt so that we can... It it restructures the power dynamic between Mm -hmm. us. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: especially if it's like if someone someone that you know, or a a real person, not an abstract, you know, faceless Twitter troll Mm -hmm. or something hurts you. But if it's a real person that does something to hurt you, it allows you, it gives you some power to hold that over them, right. Instead of moving Mm -hmm. on. Um, And there's some satisfaction in nurturing our wounds and feeling like we've been done wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, So a a lot of our, I think we, Hold on to negative behaviors and negative emotions sometimes because we don't acknowledge that we do get something out of that it's negativity like, as well. That's
1: such a great point, Lisa. It's like um, Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body, and it's like we we have this sort of psychic slash spiritual whatever it is um, body that we have to keep feed feeding. Like if is it is it righteous indignation or you know. Um, or no one will ever take care of me or love me or whatever the pain body is. It's, it's like, it needs, it's like a beast that needs to be fed. And so when the, these things happen, like you said, it's like, it gives. It empowers that pain body and we sort of identify with that if we're not careful and conscious and really parse apart what's that wounded part of us and what's, what's real. So yeah. that's a great point.
0: Those are all well, like, good with- points.
1: It's,
2: I was just going to point out like with, until you acknowledge that you, there is a benefit to a behavior Mm. that is obviously not serving you, you'll Mm. cling to it. Like with smoking cigarettes, until you acknowledge that you get something, some comfort Mm. or a distraction, that there is a, you can't fill that need with a different behavior, a different thought pattern Mm. until Mm. you admit that you're getting something out of it.
0: Mm. Wow. That's hard. That is hard. What do you think the biggest lesson you've learned when it comes to forgiveness? Mm. I love that quote. I've seen it attributed to different people, so I don't know the original source. I've heard Nelson Mandela or Buddha, but that quote that not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That was profound for me. Yeah.
2: It is. Because a lot of times the other person doesn't know that you're harboring a grudge, right? Mm-hmm. They, they are going on about their life. They don't, they don't care what you're thinking most of the time, obviously if it's someone you're interacting with on a regular basis, but most of the time people can just go on about their business and you're the one um, who's fixated on the pain that they caused. And you're, you're thinking about them. They've become part of your psychic life mm-hmm. way more than they, than they've been, than, they are more of your psychic life than you are a part of theirs. And so um, I, I think a big problem is people think that they need to forgive and then it disappears. And I think forgiveness is more like um, a healing, like a scar and a scab and then a scar. And that you, it just does, it's not, I don't know that forgiven forgets a hard thing because I don't know that anyone ever really forgets. You assimilate Mm-hmm. You let go of the, of the pain, but it's, it's, I don't think, I don't know anyone who's ever completely forgotten mm-hmm. bad things that mm-hmm. other people have done to them. Do you?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know anyone like that. No. And, and I, you know, it also has to be said, like you were saying, and there's power in it. There's, there's also power in um the potential of growth because when, when someone is really, hurtful, or does you wrong, there's this incredible spiritual opportunity to rise out of, you know, your baser instincts to retaliate and fight back and hold on to things. And so I I know that I would never if I were a spirit about to descend into this earth, you know, I would never choose the experiences that I've had that were really difficult that, you know, I feel like you know, forgiveness was called for, but I will say that they provided the most amount of growth, the the biggest opportunities for growth, and out of out of absolute necessity. You know, if I wanted my sanity, I'd I had to learn the skills of you know forgiveness or communication or um, negotiation or um, you know just a, more spiritual insights come out of those really difficult situations.
0: Yes. Really interesting. So that segues also into our next section on friends and how we relate in terms of that. So um at their core for you two ladies, why are friendships so important?
1: I mean, my God, you know, I I'm an uncoupled person right now. So friendships are to me everything. I, it's, you know, a family of choice. It's, it's, um, sanity, it's connection. It's like, you know, if I'm having, um, anxiety or whatever, I can reach out and, and, um, be with girlfriends who are, you know, get it, who, who are good at witnessing. I can, I can learn so much from my girlfriends who they're going through things. I, I mean, Juliana, I've told you this so many times, like girlfriends are, to me have, have just saved me, you know, friendships yep. are those deep and enduring friendships, not the kind that are acquaintances and fun and stuff like that, but they, you know, the older you get, the more you realize they are the, they're the, they're the things that get you through life for me, at least I, for me, I just feel incredibly, incredibly grateful for the good friendships that I have.
0: I mean, I feel exactly the same and you're one of those friends to me. And I feel like it's everything as also an uncoupled person in this world. It's like the the through line of your life, the someone that's the thing that's reliable and the people that care will tell you what it's really like. Like you tell me, you call me out and it's so helpful. Like I know whatever I say to you, you will call me out and support me, you know, and it's it's I hope, hope lovingly. <laughs> Usually lovingly, <laughs> no, always I, lovingly.
2: I am so feeling like the third wheel, and the in no. you guys, the California girls, are there together.
1: Come on bonding. out! Come <laughs> on out. <in> <laughs> Love I'm for so you to be just, with Three amigos.
0: Yes. <laughs> what about you, Lisa?
1: Um, well, I, you know, I would expand out.
2: The fr- I agree with you guys totally. the, the Girlfriends, I think, are so important in our lives, but I think all of our friendships um, are places where we can best become who we are and demonstrate who we could be. Because in in the hypothetical, right, in, in abstraction, we we can imagine ourselves to be some way, but but it we only become that person in our interactions with other people. So I think. The loving friendships where we are, we know that that we can be vulnerable and we can take chances and we can um, be who we are, who we want to be, and who we're supposed to be—be be our best selves. I think are are that container that allows us to to really manifest.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. I love that. Like the reflection in those other people that care. So okay. How do you feel on the other side of that? How do you ladies deal with friends who are toxic or giving out that negative energy? We've all had those. Yeah, but they're
2: not friends anymore, are
0: they? Yeah, Yeah.
1: hopefully. I mean, I've gone through that and it takes me a long, long, long time to let someone go in my life because I, the first thing I do is I always, you know, uh, assume that it's me and so there's a lot of self-examination that goes into it you know like where i take my own inventory like where where could i where where did i mess up here and so I go through that and then I, I'm i really into letters because I, I love the, you know, effective communication that you can do through a letter because you can really think about it and make sure you're not saying something that's triggering or accusatory and that you speak in sort of a nonviolent way. And so it, it takes me, you know, probably a few times of those events where there's some weirdness or crazy like you know this doesn't make sense and it feels toxic and it you know so i'll I'll write the letters or i'm a little chicken when it comes to having the actual (laughs) in-person conversation i'm i think i'm a writer by by uh trade and nature so i i like to write things but but at a certain point it's like i'm done at a certain point it's like okay I really tried and I, I really am seeing things clearly and my life is too short and my resources are too few that I do not want to keep this person in my life. And then, you know, the challenge is always, I find that, you know, years go by and then sometimes someone will come back around and I have to really trust myself that I let that person go for a very good reason and I really gave it a lot of time and energy before I made that decision so don't don't get back into it because you know for me to let someone go it's a lot
0: it's hard it's hard I think the older I get the easier it is to realize recognize that negative energy and choose choose me now and to say I don't need this in my life yeah and it's but it's hard it's cathartic when you can and, yeah. and you know it's good for everyone but it's hard. It sure is. All right. So last question before we go. In the spirit of the time of year, what, aside from everything we've kind of discussed, what are you most grateful for? It could be anything. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm just going to say it and it's probably annoying, but I'm really grateful to um, have found, you know, a vegan lifestyle. And I don't mean for this to be like a banner for veganism because I hate that, but I'm just saying it's the thing that has brought me the most joy and the most um, sort of connectedness to the world around me, to myself. And I I just feel so grateful that I got to that place of um, not eating meat, you know, and I, I just feel like it's brought me the most joy. So I'd have to say that.
0: How about you, Lisa?
1: It's such a hard question. I mean, I I literally every question you've asked, I
2: could answer with the same thing, which is clearly my family, my, you know, my husband, my kids, my extended family. Um, I, I would have to say though one thing that I've been thinking a lot about is is how grateful I actually am, um, to be living in this country. And I know there are times when it's frustrating and, um, and I, I have, certainly been frustrated by a lot of you know the last couple of years events but i i am i think when i i was a history major in college and when i look back at like everywhere else and every other time ever um pales in comparison to the um uh, to what to the real gift that freedom is that we are able to to think and speak and interact and move and 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 have the level of autonomy that we do. So I'm just very grateful for our freedom.
0: Yes. Yes, all of those. I'm so grateful for all of that in my family. And I'm so grateful to have this means, this, this platform to be able to connect with people like you and to have these conversations. So I can't thank you enough for being here with us today. And um, I wish you all a very happy, healthy, warm holiday season.
1: It's so great talking with you guys. I really, really appreciate it. It Makes me feel very grateful. Thank you very much. It was really great to hang out with you guys again.
0: Thank you for joining us on this thoughtful, reflective exploration of A Girlfriend's Guide to Gratitude. I wish you all warmth, wonder, and wellness as we move through this holiday season. If you're inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash choose you now to have access to exclusive content please subscribe to the show rate and review us on itunes and send us an email with questions and comments at choose at gmail.com for nutrition services and more information visit me at plant i invite you to choose yourself now and i'm signing off with lots of leafy green love